Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to episode 336 of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I am solo for this episode, uh, post-game after the Philadelphia Flyers match, where the Flyers came out with a 3-2 win uh, in the last few moments of a very up-and-down type of game. Um, it's So in this episode, I'm going to cover off a few items. I'm going to talk a little bit about the game. Clearly, uh, I'm going to talk about Brennan Gallagher, Sean Farrell, who made his NHL debut, uh, Caden Primo, who jumped into net for the first time in the NHL this season, and uh, some little odds and ends from the Buffalo game that I didn't talk about in the last episode. So I'll just start with the odds and ends from the Buffalo game. Um. Zeta's shootout goal. Great goal. Uh, it, it It's great seeing a fourth liner get a chance. Now, it's obvious that in practice, he's put on a clinic at times uh, that only the coach has seen. Or, um, so he's got a little bit of a book for uh, on, on the guys that'll do shootouts. Uh, you look at the shootout leaders in the NHL uh, over, over the history of the shootout, and it's not always star players. So it could be anybody. Um, and when you start getting into the a little bit of a role, you're going deeper into the shootout, yeah, you try different things. Had the Canadians been in a playoff run, uh, spot or fighting for one, maybe St. Louis makes a different decision. But in this case, he chose to go with Pizzetta. Pizzetta scores, wins the game, and then pulls off the Tiger Woods, uh, the Tiger Woods, the Tiger Williams Selly. Uh, riding the stick. I thought it was awesome. I thought, great. That's a perfect ending. Uh, his mullet flowing behind him, a beautiful Sally. Uh, some people may call it uh, disrespectful to the Sabres, but I, I just don't see it. I mean, people celebrate goals all the time. You can't demand that the NHL show some kind of life, some kind of personality, and then crap on them when they do. So I liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, had that happened against Montreal, had Buffalo, uh, Buffalo scored the shootout winner and the Canadians had lost, and the, whoever scored the shootout winner for Buffalo pulled off a big selly afterwards, whatever. Hockey fans, we need to see this kind of thing happen in a game so that we can really start to enjoy the game more because it's just a game. It's not life and death. It's just a freaking game. All right. So moving on from that to the Philly game. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, you can really tell the Canadians played the night before. They um, 
their passes weren't that crisp. They were, they, you could tell that they, you know, the timing wasn't there. The effort was, uh, I have to give full marks on effort. Uh, you don't have to worry about this team ever quitting. They could be down by 20 goals. They could be up by 20 goals. They will approach the game the same way. They will give their best honest effort every game. And that's all you can really ask for. Uh, when someone's building a culture in, in a sports environment, such as what Sanui doing with the Canadians right now, that is exactly what you want as the foundation. You want a team based on work ethic, providing their absolute best, even if it's not their their best efforts, even though it's not their their best at their skill level. You know, some days you're at 100%, some days you're at 50. But if you give that full 50, that's your best effort, the best you can do that day, that's all we can ask for, right? Um, so it, it's going to come up, up ebbs and flows and players can control their work ethic and their effort levels. And we're seeing that from the Canadians now. Man, that game was just... It was choppy. I mean, the Canadians did control uh, puck possession overall slightly more than the Flyers. Now, in the th- in the third period, they they completely took over. Eighteen to eleven were the shots for the Canadians. Um, they they did have a couple of scoring chances, some some really good scoring chances, but only really one high danger chance, and that was the goal uh, that uh, Harvey Pinard scored at near the end. But throughout the game, uh, it, we did see some good moments. I'm going to start with Gallagher. Now, Gallagher, coming back from injury, had a couple of games where he wasn't all that good. But tonight he scores a go- uh, another goal, uh, a very nice one. And that's three goals in three games. While the expectations for a player making $6.5 million is they're fairly high, for a player like Gallagher, who has got the mileage that he has, uh, to see him playing at this level now, even if he doesn't score that goal, um, you know, he scores two, three goals every, say, eight to ten games. He's impacting the game in other ways, too. He's back to the the Gallagher of old in some ways, where he he's constantly on the move, he's constantly mo- uh, attacking, he, he's making life hard on goaltenders and on his opponents. It's best we can ask for. Um, is he living up to that contract? No, no. But tonight, he led the way. He was very, um, I'd say, consistent out of pretty much all the other players. This type of game where it gets, you know, you get into the weeds and it's muddy and it's grimy and it's gritty. Those are the types of games that Gallagher really shows his worth. And he did it again tonight. And Harvey Pinard, another player who's in that mold, showed up. Uh, He got the goal later in the game. Perfectly placed right in front of the net. And I talked about this in the last episode with... um, his shooting percentage being so-called unsustainable. 
well, his shooting percentage is so freaking high because all of his shots are within a couple of feet and he did it again tonight all alone and just off to the side of the net, a foot away from the, the, the goal line, taps it in, open net. You want a high percentage, high shooting percentage when you're in a position like that. But earlier in the game, while killing a penalty, just before the Flyers scored, um, he blocked a heck of a shot off the foot. He could barely stand. He st- he was still out there moving and trying his best, but he was willing to sacrifice. And you're, you're sh- they're not a team that are making the playoffs, but you can tell this is a guy who's fighting for a, a job, showing what he can do, and he's producing points. He's playing well defensively. He's he's putting in the the effort that you want to see from a player who is battling for a job. Now, on that, talking about players battling for jobs, Caden Primo. He was called up for this game. There was some talk as to why. Was Montembeau hurt? Was Allen hurt? Uh, Allen started the game last night against Buffalo. And tonight people would have expected to see Montembeau. But in this case, it was Primo. Now, nobody's hurt. It just seems that this is something that Kent Hughes and the management group decided they wanted to see what Primo has now. He he had had a difficult end of the season last year with the Canadians. He had a great playoff with Laval. And this season, he's had some really great moments. Uh, he's had a couple of tough games as well. So they want to see what he's got. They want to see what he can bring. Has he, has he taken a step forward in his development, which is something they'll want to have knowledge on prior to the summer, because what if they decide they need to sign a goalie? If he shows something great, maybe, maybe he's part of the plan. Maybe they go with Montembeau and, Primo and they can trade Allen. Like these are all the more information you have on a player and his development and where he stands, um, the better off you'll be uh, in your decision-making. Now in tonight's game, uh, Primo was excellent. Like he, he tracked the puck. Well, uh, he battled in his crease. He, he challenged shooters. Uh, he wasn't, he was a little choppy to start. I guess there's some nerves there, uh, especially playing in front of his hometown crowd because he's from that area. His dad played for the Flyers. There's a little bit of pressure on him that way. Um, But what we saw from him tonight is more of uh, is closer to what people have expected from him. He he is a big guy, but he's always played really deep into his net, having a hard time. He played further out this time. Uh, He was. At the top of his crease, he was challenging shooters. He had a really good lateral movement, good push-off. And as I mentioned earlier, tracks the puck well. Now, he finished the game with a loss. But that loss isn't on him. The goals that were scored on him, the two that were scored on him, were not really mistakes on his part. I mean, they were they were just really nice shots. Um and he finished the night with a, a 960 some odd save percentage. That's 
he did his part. He did everything he could to keep the team in the game and to make that, to give them the chance to win. And that is the exact performance that you would want to see from a player who's trying to prove himself. And he did, he stepped up now. I mean, he stopped a ton of breakaways as well. I think it was three, uh, two or three breakaways that were just, I mean, he was, he was excellent on those. He was very, he, he wasn't overly, uh, how do I say that? He was very quiet in his net. He didn't, like, like I mentioned, he tracked the puck well. He was challenging shooters, but he wasn't wildly swinging back and forth in his net or trying to make acrobatic saves. He was calm. He was poised uh, for the most part. Um, and he was very economical in the movements that he made in the net. You can tell he can you can tell he was tracking the puck by the way he was moving. He was he was confident in where the, where the play was going. He was reading the play well. Now he still had some hard times with puck handling, but he has vastly improved from last season. So all in all, that one game shows some development in his game. And that that's a good sign. That's a good sign for Primo. That's a good sign for the Canadians. Is it enough to keep him from being traded or for them to trade for someone else? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But at the very least, we're seeing uh, an upward progression for Primo in his game. Uh, and, and that's that's the best you can ask for when it comes to a young player like that. Um, now, yeah, let's see. Sean Farrell. <laughs> he he played his first NHL game. Uh, he joined the team just this morning. He did the optional skate. Uh, he had a bit of a, a media availability. And with Doc being hurt, uh, it opened up another, it opened up a door. Um, I know they put Tierney in as a center because of the, uh, the injury, but would he have really played had it not been for doc? Uh, it's hard to say, but he did. And he played a heck of a game. He was very, very effective. Now he played, uh, 13, just over 13 minutes on a line with uh, Drouet and Gurianov, uh, which, I mean, they didn't generate a ton of shots. They had a few against. But you in in this 13 minutes, you saw uh, a Farrell who was very dogged in this pursuit for the puck. There was always a second and third effort in his battles along the boards, going after pucks. Uh, his back check was impeccable. He was always back in his position motoring back and he was his positioning was solid he was in the right places to make plays to uh transition out of the zone or to make himself available for a pass in the offensive zone now it's clear that the speed of the nhl game is still something he's gonna have to get used to but you saw flashes of the type of player he can become and it it points to why nicholas Adam Nicholas, the player development coach for the Canadians, has been so high on him for for years, for several years. Uh, when he worked with him in Chicago, now that he's with the Canadians, uh, continuing to work with him, 
Adam Nicholas has been a big fan of Sean Farrell's and we see why his skating is, is really good. He, he's got good speed. He, he's got a, he's solid on his feet. Uh, he's not easily knocked off. Uh, you know, he's for an undersized player. He, he held up fairly well, especially against the Flyers team who, while they're not what they've, what they're used to be, they're still a fairly physical team. And he held up well. So uh, for a first NHL game, he was noticed for all the right reasons. He didn't make any real errors. He didn't give the puck away. Uh, he he did he didn't uh, drag his feet uh, playing defense. He was it, he did all those things that coaches love. Like he he used his body to get in the way of uh, the players so he can hold on to possession for himself or to take possession. All these little things along the boards in the open ice, uh, uh, completing passes, helping with the transition, the, the defense, all those things are things that coaches love and it's going to give him more ice time in the long run. Uh, so <laughs> maybe the Canadians do have uh, a really good top nine player in Farrell already. Maybe. Just one game. It's only 13 minutes of ice time. But it was a good game. It was a good, solid 13 minutes. And he played extremely well in those minutes. He he might have earned himself even more. So can't really go wrong there. Um, and that's that's pretty much it for for tonight. I don't uh I don't want to get into the injuries and all the other things. And I mean, it would take months to go over injuries and why and how and but anyway, so the Canadians lost. The Canadians basically stayed where they were in the standings, and that's around fifth overall in the draft. Flyers continued their climb. They've created a four-point gap now from the Canadians. So for the Tank fans, this is a, a great loss. Uh, for those who just want to see the team progress and improve and put in the effort, they're happy because the Canadians did that. Uh, we saw some flashes from young guys like Primo and, and Farrell. And the team as a whole provided their full value of effort. So you can't really be upset by the way they, they lost. I mean, it was an honest loss. The Flyer, I mean, <laughs> the Flyers took advantage of a team that was tired. And they got their win. They move up in the standings. The Canadians stay right where they are. And everybody's happy except for the players who lost the game. Now that the Canadians are eliminated from the playoffs. And I did not expect to be saying that at the end of March. I expected saying that a long time ago. But this team has done extremely well. And they have battled. So you can't can't be upset. Uh, the Canadians are going to get a high pick. They're building a good culture. Uh Players want to play for Martin Saint Louis. Everything's good there. Now, there uh, before I sign off, there's been some rumors about Pierre Luc Dubois and Elliot Friedman saying it's a 95% certainty he goes to Montreal. Now, I'm of the camp of I'll believe it when I see it, but Friedman has <laughs> he 
it, it's Elliot Friedman. He's one of the, the best in the business, especially as an insider. So if he says 95% certainty, that's as close as you're going to get to 100%. It's happened unless there's you actually see him in a Canadian's uniform. So if it does happen, that'd be great. I mean, Marco D'Amico wrote an excellent article on methods that uh, Hughes can take to make it happen. Um, you can check it out at Montreal Hockey Now. Uh, Marco, good friend of the show. Uh, great guy. I love his work. Uh, you check it out. Especially this one here where he talks about uh, Dubois and what Hughes can do to kind of force Winnipeg's hand. Um, he talks about a uh, an offer sheet where they it's under a certain amount. I think it's around four something million, four point something million. Basically, a second round pick is the uh, the compensation, which most teams would immediately match up, match that offer. But if the the Jets match that offer, they cannot trade him for a full calendar year, which means he is on that contract until he's a UFA when he can just walk away. So essentially what he's saying is he's, he wants Hughes to force, use that as a threat, that, that offer sheet as a threat, so that Hughes could negotiate a fair deal for Dubois. And getting a fair deal for, for Dubois, depending on what, what his salary is and what you give away, that could work. But I think it everything depends on what they pick up in the draft. Do they pick a right-hand defenseman in uh, Reinbacher early in the draft? Do they do they get a centerman? Do they move up in the draft and somehow get Fantilli or Carlson or who knows? So whatever happens early in the draft, I think it'll decide if they're going to go through with uh, this approach for Dubois. So... That that's it. That's it for the show. Um, I want to thank everybody for sending me your messages, for uh, sending those emails in, sending suggestions. Uh, we we love to hear them. We love to see them. We love interacting with you guys on social media. Uh, unfortunately, Matt was ill. He couldn't come on the show. Treg is still quite busy. Uh, he's dealing with uh, his posting coming up, so he's preparing for a move from Ottawa back to Halifax. So there's a lot going on there. Um, I just want to say again, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you for checking in. Thank you for making Habs Unfiltered such a popular show um, beyond anything that we expected. So again, thank you very much and thank you for listening. And if you're talking about it, so are we looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.